thank you so much for joining us for season three of Sorry He Sucks. We put a little call out to our amazing listeners to see if anyone had any suggestions for us. And the wonderful Flora. What a legend. Suggested we do an acknowledgement of country, which I'm not sure why we weren't doing this the whole time. No, we should have been doing it the whole time. I've definitely thought about it and then been like, I don't know, how, what, anyway. Yeah, so we are going to now start our shows with an acknowledgement and that's something for our international listeners that we do in Australia to show our respect for the traditional owners of the land. So, having said that, we want to start this episode by acknowledging the Gadigal and the Wongal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this very podcast. We also pay our deep respect to Elders past, present and future. Always was, always will be. This podcast may contain discussions about violence, drug use and it's most definitely going to contain a lot of foul language. I'm sorry, sucks. It is us like. It is us like. I'm sorry, sucks. Oh, g'day, mate. Hello. We're back. It's season three and it's going to be great. It is. I'm so proud of us. Season three. Who would have imagined? I didn't. I'm so bad at doing things. Yeah, I don't know if either of us did. We're recording in a new space tonight. It's a very exciting dog. There's a dog, there's a kid, there's a cat. You might hear all sorts of new sounds. There's stuff happening, but you know. Um. Anyway, look, we're, we're starting off... Pretty heavy. Strong. Yeah. We're going in for the kill. Yeah. So I am going to kick it off. And I would like to ask you, Amber, answer me this. <laughs> Do you like dogs? <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> First. Do I, you like dogs? <laughs> that took me a second. I do. Yeah. I know you do. You bloody love dogs. Um, but we're, we're going to... We're talking about your guy. We're talking about one William Bradley Pitt. What a babe. He is. He's too much babe, really. Yeah. Fucking. If He's it's sort a crime. Of silly babe. To look at dumb. him like an object. Locked me up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, but he is very attractive. He was um he was born December eighteenth in nineteen sixty three. Oh, he's old. Yeah. Fifty seven. He's getting on a bit. <laughs> Still looks like an Adonis though, but um, he does. He's still so handsome. I guess that's what having a lot of money does for your um, appearance. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, some people are just very good looking forever and ever and ever. Like my mother and George Clooney. He's another one who's pretty Mm. good looking. Like I feel like he's got better with age. Like a fine one. I mean, I don't think Brad's got better with age, but he's fine no, with yeah. age. No, I'd agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> he's all right. He'll do. Um, all right, so he started his life in a place called Shawnee, Oklahoma. It's a very agriculturally rich state. A farmer boy. Yeah. Cute. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw! <laughs> uh, 
I looked this up because we had a little trouble with it one time before, but it's Kansas is above Oklahoma, Texas is below Missouri and Arkansas are to the right, and New Mexico is to the left. Nice. To the left. To the left, to the left. Everything New Mexico owns in a box to the left. <laughs> um, anyway, it's pretty much in the middle okay. of America. Um, it was also home to Dr. Phil and his horrific interior design and his gun room. Ew. And uh, Chuck Norris and his equally horrific one-liners. Ew. Mm. So he's the eldest of three little kiddlywinks um, and he grew up in a conservative Southern Baptist kind of situation. Yeah, right. Gross. The family, <laughs> ooh, the family moved to Springfield, Missouri, which is the birthplace of Route 66, which I have been on, oh. and the birthplace of cashew chicken. So well done, Missouri. Cashew chicken? Yeah. What do you mean? Like the... Chinese authentic dish, (laughs) (laughs) cashew chicken. That's hilarious. So Big Dick Brad uh, graduated in high school. (laughs) I feel like I just call everyone Big Dick before their name. Yeah. I really enjoy it. It's fun. (laughs) Uh, He graduated high school and then he headed to the University of Missouri. That was in 1982, the -hmm. year of my sister's birth. Um, He majored in journalism and advertising. Oh. But just two weeks before he was about to atop his head with a trencher, he cut loose and decided that he knew what he wanted to do and he wanted to act. Really? Yeah. Two weeks before he graduated. I know. That's that seems like an idiot. So two weeks. Ugh, I kind so of feel expensive. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. His mum must have been so mad at him. I know. But hey. Brad had found his passion and Brad's passion is acting and Amber's passion is to dance. (laughs) (laughs) We went to the beach a couple of weekends ago and Amber just danced the whole time and said how it was her passion. (laughs) I live to dance. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm a bit offended by how much everybody laughed because I think I'm a pretty good dancer. I think you're a great dancer. I think it's just like... It's my passion is what kind of gives people a bit, you know, it's enjoyment. We're not laughing at you. I'm still offended. Okay. It was great. You did some fabulous moves with a towel. Yeah, I'm good. Um, Anyway, he hightailed it to the city of dreams. Ain't no disco and it ain't no country club either. (laughs) This is LA. (laughs) Uh, Brad did a lot of Joe jobs when he got to LA. He had like $325 to his name. He dressed as a chicken, spruiking a restaurant on Hollywood Boulevard. I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but I think it's a chain. Um, He also chauffeured exotic dancers Mm -hmm. from bachelor party to bachelor party. (laughs) Exotic dancers. I don't know. It's it's stripper. I was fine to say either. If, if there's dancer. a preference, tell me. Yeah. Um, I would like to know because I did look into it and there was mixed reviews. I've got stripper friends who are just... Strippers. Well, they say I, I'm going to dance tonight or whatever. Well, these were dancers who were going to bachelor parties and Brad was driving them to them. And then one of these ladies told... Brad, like, suggested that he sought out the tutelage of acting coach Roy London. And apparently he was a pretty big deal. 
Some of the other students included Gina Davis, Ooh. Jeff Goldblum, oh, man. and Sharon Stone. Shit. Yeah, high stakes. So um, he studies with him for six years and he went with one of his classmates to an audition to be like a reading partner and they loved him. Yeah, he yeah, stole the show. Sure they did. He's very handsome. And I think he wasn't even like going for anything and they hired him. Oh. If I recall correctly, but he um, he did a couple of bit parts in like television shows. Uh, he was in Lesson Zero with RDJ, mm-hmm. um, uncredited. He also started dating the sixteen-year-old Julia Lewis, babe. Ah, uh, it's uh, interesting. Oh, very. Oh, I see. I see anyway. what's going on. Um, he was twenty-five at the time. Ew, it's a bit much. Um, he also played some bit parts and some main roles in a couple of films, but then he got his he got his big break in the road movie to end all road movies. Thelma and Louise. Thelma and the fucking Louise. I fucking love that movie. Great movie. I want to watch it. Maybe we could do that later. Okay. Uh, he's just like such a fucking hunk. Oh, so he was huge. like an all-American hunk in that film, yeah, right? He's very, very objectified, and I love it. Apparently, that Gina Davis. Oh, she she pushed for him because when they were doing their audition with him, like to kind of test out the chemistry, I guess. So she kind of like muddled up her lines because he was so handsome. Yeah, and then nice. she was like, it, "It's got to be him." <laughs> and also that sex scene. <laughs> But it was almost rated X. What? For Xanadu <laughs> and Xylophone. No, it was almost rated X, though, apparently. Wow. Uh, then he did a couple of films and then he starred in A River Runs Through It. That was in 1992. Snooze first. Yeah. I'm glad you <laughs> said that. But um, it was directed by Robert Redford and it featured a baby Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And this is like, you know, Brad kind of proved his acting ability and like kind of separated him from his like sexy Abraham Lincoln persona, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I watched it when I was really little though. Yeah, I watched it when I was probably when it came out. Yeah, same. And was like... No, no, no. Fly fishing, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Good hair though. Mm. Oh, yeah. He thought, although he did think that he had a bit of a weak performance in this. Be kind to yourself, Brad. Yeah, you're just starting out. Just generally everyone be kind to yourself at the moment. You're not going to be the best that you could ever be no. straight away. You've got to practice. Straight out of the gates, come on. Um, after that, he's had a small but important role in True Romance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out Tarantino, season two, episode seven. Um, next we have the absolute classic, one of your favourites, Interview with a Vampire. Oh, what a film. What a film. I bloody loved it. I know. Uh, regardless, <laughs> Braddy's performance was not that well received by no, some. it's bad. It won a Razzie Award. <laughs> yeah, so that's like an award. It's the Golden Raspberry. It's the worst cinematic underachievements <laughs> of the year. Me and uh, our friend Emma, shout out. We used to rewind and play over and over again this really bad bit in it. I think it's when they're living in the big house 
outside of New Orleans, mm. and they and he like burns the place down, and he comes out, and he's like, "Hear me now, <laughs> this place is cursed," <laughs> and it's so funny. It's so bad. I love it. I fucking love that movie so much. Yeah, watch even it though it's terrible. Yeah, it's bad, but it's great. Yeah, and he's so good. Some people were really into it, like you and I. Yeah. For sure. Teenagers in the 90s. I thought it was all right. was cool. 100%. And what got us going, frankly. Um, yeah. Then he started in Legends of the Fall. Also a snooze. Totally. Great hair. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, again, I remember watching this and thinking it was like terribly boring oh, at the time. Yeah. I was in its target market, let's be fair. Um, next we have Seven with the jade egg-loving Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> and the oddly ear-pierced Morgan Freeman. Do you ever like get yeah. put off by his ear piercings? Yeah, that is weird. Um, Great movie. Yeah. You don't like it? No, no, I don't uh, have many feelings about it. Oh. I have, but um, Gwyneth and Brad dated for two and a half <laughs> years after this. We were speaking about the fact that yeah. Brad always has the same haircuts as his girlfriends. <laughs> and he has that sliding doors yep. bob. That she- <laughs> <laughs> they looked exactly it's the so same funny. at that award ceremony. And they'd wear like- all the same sort of clothes. Yeah, it was good. Ew. Oh, and they said that it was love at first sight as well, which I would like to remind all of you is not an actual thing. <laughs> they did a study in the Netherlands and it's a bloody lie, okay? So, <laughs> Do you reckon she's like a total monster? <laughs> I don't know. I think she's like a monster. <laughs> she's so horrible. I think she's probably very disconnected to reality. So insanely. Yeah. They're selling um, her goop. Face cream and shit at Mecca. Oh my in god, Australia. I saw it. I went to have a look at how much it was. It's like three hundred dollars for a tiny thing of yeah, face cream. Are I you know. fucking kidding me? And it's just like this is a must-have stocking stuffer for the festive yes. season. And it's like stocking a fifteen hundred dollar cashmere blanket. And it's like. <laughs> Okay, Mr. Rothschild, like, get out of here. Also, she's she trying to like look the salt, so... the fucking Brunite. Yeah, I don't get it. She's no. like, I'm so natural. She looks like shit. I, oh, oh, no, that's not true. She does not look I like shit. I hate her. Okay, well, um... Shut the door. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> um, let's move on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the, next, the next film was 12 Monkeys. Again, I remember watching this film... I loved it. It was this. It's a very vivid memory for me. It was New Year's Eve um, in Tookley. It's a delightful <laughs> town on the central coast, on the eastern coast of Australia. <laughs> My auntie Liz and I were playing a card game. One would assume it was Snap because I have no ability to remember the rules of card games at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was on in the background. And I think I had been. I think Auntie Liz just like drew the short straw because I wasn't meant to be watching it, kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Anyway, others were thoroughly engaged with it. They really liked it. But I remember being, like, disturbed by the parts that I saw. It's awesome. Mm. They made a TV show about it not yeah. long ago. Any good? It was not good, no. But there was no Brad. Well, he was nominated for an Academy Award for that, actually. Really? Yeah. Didn't I win. I mean, that seems like such a load of bullshit, all that stuff. It's like, why? The because Academy it was Award a good stuff? movie? Yeah. It's the Academy, Amber. I'm not, I don't know. Um, 
<laughs> he then he, he starred in Sleepers, another film. Funnily enough, I found frightening. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Anyway, uh, then we've got The Devil's Own. Next was Seven Years in Tibet. It's a long time to be in Tibet, isn't it? Snooze fest. (laughs) Now that we're just putting them all together, I'm like, "Hmm." terrible movie. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was the marathon journey that is Meet Joe Black. Mm. Also, negative reviews for that one. Was Gwenny in that? I can't remember. She might have been actually. Mm. Anthony Hopkins, Claire Forlani. Yeah, Claire Forlani. Yeah, sorry, I was wrong. But he did have Gwyneth's haircut. That's true. That was when he was... <laughs> it was it's, it's easy to, to yeah. make that mistake. Um, <laughs> in that same year, he married one Jennifer Aniston. Oh. Yeah, and they actually announced their engagement at a Sting concert on the stage. Ew, Sting. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, come on. Oh, he sucks. You want to get tantric with Sting? <laughs> Look, the police I can stomach, but all that other shit. <laughs> Look, all right, that's a problematic song. But, okay, let's move on. Sorry, sorry. It's not about Sting, it's about bread. <laughs> so then we have Fight Club. Thoroughly enjoy this film. Great. Love it. What a twist. I'd read the book already, so I was a bit like, I know. Well, he very much committed to this role because he had um, cosmetic dentistry to remove a chip from his front teeth. Ah, rich people. (laughs) That's wild. I know, like his actual teeth, they chipped his... You only get one set, apparently not if you're rich. His mum would have been so mad about that too. <laughs> I didn't go to the dentist for like seven years, like when I was removed from my parents' insurance. I think I went once and paid what a full bill cost and was like, this is a load of bullshit. Again. I'm not no. doing this anymore. No. Um, yeah, so old Braddy intentionally chipped his goddamn teeth, but he, he's obviously had them fixed since he's got perfect teeth. Lucky that movie wasn't one of the duds. No, totally. It was. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, then uh, in 2000, Brad played a traveller. No. A traveller. I've got to do it again. Okay. Then in 2000, Brad played a traveller. Mm-hmm. Say it. A traveller. That's so good. Thank you. I've been practicing, but then I chickened out. I watched The Commitments way too many times as a teenager. So good. It's a great, great movie as well. Um, I I love Snatch. That's the film. I love it. Um, The soundtrack is like impeccable. Also, I'm not Irish, but to me, Brad's accent is pretty great. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I, yeah, who am I to judge? But I enjoyed it. Let us know if you're uh... if it's shit. Because also, I think that I thought that um, I'll talk about it another time. I'll talk about it a bit later, actually. Oh. <laughs> um, also, that fi- the final fight scene is just—it's very captivating. I don't really like watching people beat the shit out of each other, but it's very <laughs> captivating. And that rig, oof. Oof, indeed. Oofity I think oof. I have oofed written down here. <laughs> um, I must mention, like, yeah, he's just fucking hench in that film. Yeah, cute accent. Yeah. Cute face, cute bud. Next he was in The Mexican with America's sweetheart, Julia Roberts. 
And then he starred alongside um, my mum's Hollywood heartthrob, Robert Redford in Spy Game. Never saw it. I did see it. But honestly, I've seen both of those films, but I can't recall much, frankly. They weren't standouts for me. Next came the $450 million box office trilogy, Uh Oceans 1, 2 and 3. Yeah. I really enjoy the fact that he's always eating in these films. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, I think it's endearing. Um, (laughs) Apparently he was in... Jackass? I don't remember that. No, I don't remember that. But Do you like Jackass? What's your thoughts on Jackass? Uh, now, no thank you. But back then, it was a simpler time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I used to like... It was a weird time. It was like the time of like Paris Hilton and fucking Girls Gone Wild and weird shit like that. Yeah. It was a weird time. It was a weird time. All girls were sluts and all guys were fucking idiot, jackass, immature people. Is that? Yeah. I mean, that's sort of what was happening in the. It's definitely being portrayed on MTV like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. That's what was happening in the media. Yeah. Um, he veered off into our realm with uh, faces for radio. Just kidding. <laughs> but Amber's breathtakingly beautiful. Um, Kara's the most beautiful woman in the universe. But he did, he did his first, like, voice acting role in Sinbad. Never saw it. No, we're much too old to do Disney at that point. Yeah. And we don't have any children. No. Um, except for that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know when people joke about, like... <laughs> Whether men just have children out there, I like to also joke whether I have a kid out there that I just don't know about because I just think it's funny. (laughs) Anyway, um, then he starred in Troy, which resulted in one of the most poetic of situations. He played the Trojan War standout bad boy Achilles. And while he was doing it, he injured his Achilles tendon. Oh, mate. Yeah. That's funny. Shout out DJ Morgs. Hope you're doing okay. Yeah. Um, This film was also produced by his fancy new production company, which was funnily enough called Plan B Entertainment and was founded with his then wife, Jennifer Aniston, Mm. and uh, another fellow named Brad Gray. Uh, Troy also featured national treasures Rose Byrne and Eric Banner. Yeah, Aussie, 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 mate. Yep, although we all know that Eric Banner's peak role was Puita in Full Frontal. Everybody should know that. Everyone should. If, if you're not from Australia. You should see him in that. It's on YouTube. It'll change your life and your mind entirely about Eric Banner. A close second would be... Con Petropolis in the castle. That was also yeah. quite good. Yeah, he's great. How serious that. he takes himself. Oh, I love Eric Banner. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Brad's next film. No, 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 no. Was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Ah, shit. Yep, he plays the husband of Jane Smith, played by Angelina Joy- Jolie. Joyless. Joyless. <laughs> Jolie. And spoiler alert, they believe to be a living, like this, oh, sorry, they believe that they're like living a boring suburban life with like a kitchen island bench to die for. Yeah. Uh, you poor thing. But whoa, 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 whoa. They're both 
Spies. The film made a shit ton of money, that one. Yeah. It wasn't a core shaker, but everyone really enjoyed it. I was forced to watch it by a friend of mine, Mel, shout out if you're listening, who was a massive Angelina fan Mm. and I was not into it, but she made me watch it and made me say, yeah, it's all right, but... You, know, you never really enjoyed it. I just didn't want to break her heart. I think people, um, I think they liked the, the, maybe the chemistry between uh, the two main characters. I just didn't, I don't really like action films. Fair enough. Sorry. Um, in the same year, 2005 this is, Jen filed for divorce um, and a few months later Brad and Angelina were photographed together with Angelina's son Maddox in Kenya in November Mm-hmm. I think they were adopting Zahara. Yeah. Um, they were. Then in December, Pitt became the adoptive father of Maddox and, and also Zahara. The following year, Shiloh was born. That was their first biological child together. Um, Oof. N- now, pr- I want you to just prepare yourself here because Brangelina sold the photos of their baby for $7.6 million. Good on them. To two separate p- publications. But they are a very attractive child. <laughs> yeah, I know. And they, um, but they, what they were doing was they had created the Jolie Pitt Foundation. They were doing mm. some good while probably getting some sweet little tax breaks, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, nice. Then the couple adopted Pax from Vietnam. And then Angelina gave birth to twins Vivian and Knox in 2008. Also freakishly good looking. Obviously. I mean, <laughs> these photos, actually, the photos of these two, that they sell for $14 million. Oh, my Lord. Yep. That's fucking insane. It's a record breaker, that one. And like you said, they've produced some fucking cute kids. God, I wonder what um, Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise got for Siri. Is it Siri or Suri? I don't care. (laughs) I don't think it's Siri. That would be unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought it was and that it was really weird that Apple came out with their little... (laughs) put a timer on. (laughs) Mom, shut up! (laughs) Why do you always tell me to do these stupid, boring things? I can't turn the lights off. I'm too short. (laughs) Um, Ask Alexa to do it. (laughs) Oh, my God. How good would that be if they had a kid named her Alexa? I know they're not together Uh, anymore. It would be good, but... (laughs) Brad's next film was Babel, which I saw at the pictures. Oh, did you? Yeah, I saw it when it came out at the the movie theatre. Again, very little recollection of this film. It seems in my memory to be like too serious and mm. action-y. It got a lot of awards. Um, it featured the infallible Kate Blanchett as well. Oh, she's the best. That skin. Fuck, I love her. Next, we have the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, longest title in history. Nah. And I was also bored again. <laughs> bored. I'm sorry. Yeah, look, he's made some poor choices. It's just, no, but I mean, like, I'm sure people like them, but I was bored. Um, It's just my experience, you know, each to their own. Yeah. Then came Burn After Reading, which I watched very recently, last week. Um, I think that's good. Yeah, Frances McDormand is in it, so she's she's fucking amazing. 
and I think Brad's really great in this. It's, uh, and it's the, you know it's Coen Brothers film, so yeah, it's not going to suck. No, and then there was the curious case of Benjamin Button. That really did suck, though. Yeah, I wouldn't. So <laughs> silly. Then he starred as <laughs> Lieutenant Aldo Rain in Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. Very good in that. Yeah, it was good. Great film. And Braddy did a he did a very good job. Yeah. Um, although according to one of his uh, fellow bastards, he was really smelly. He was a stinky soldier. <laughs> Who said it? Uh, Eli Roth. Oh. Said he uh, stank. Um, his mm. next film was The Tree of Life with butt muncher Sean Penn. Then came Moneyball, which was very positively received. It was. I've not seen it though. Um, in fact, uh, Brad was nominated for a Best Actor Award from the Academy who you don't give two <laughs> figs about. No. Um, that was in 2012. I haven't seen this either. It's like it's about the general manager of a baseball team and I'm going to be straight with you now, a league of their own or nothing. Yeah. Like, that's it. So the only baseball shit I care about. Yeah. Uh, um, the sorry. following year he was in a film called World War Z, mm -hmm. which made a shit ton of money again. Oh, it's good fun. Did you watch it? Oh, yeah. Saw it at the movies. I have a funny story about this, actually, because I've never seen it, but once while I was enjoying just a nice pint on a Sunday at the Union down in Newtown, there was a man, he was, like, sitting out, out in the beer garden, and he seemed a bit depressed, and then he kind of, then he started talking to us. Uh, and he was in the throes of a fight with his partner. That's what had happened. And he was getting drunk or he'd gone there early in the morning and then just being like roaming the streets or something until a bar opened. Ew. Um, but he had actually just returned from filming World War Bloody Z. Oh, what was he doing? With there? Brad Pitt. He's one of the actors. Oh. I've got his number. We can give him a call later. <laughs> we should. We should interview him. I think I might have messaged him. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I gave him some advice, which was basically from an angle of apologise and do better. Mm. Classic Kara stance. But That's always good advice. There was a sequel announced to that film. Yeah. But it hasn't happened because of money. Oh, right. It's but probably it's, pretty spino. Yeah. It I mean, it's been optioned. spectacular option. for a zombie movie. Did you know that Brad Pitt produced 12 Years a Slave? No. Yeah, he did. With Bassey. Yep, Fassie's a nightmare in that one. Yeah, I couldn't. Um, and that one, best that one, best picture. It was incredibly moving. Yeah, and horrifying. Oh, he was briefly in the Counselor as well. Oh yeah, he was. Which we mentioned in our bonus episode. <laughs> yes, you should listen to that if you haven't. We, I think that's where we after the Brad bit, we were like, I've had enough. Yeah. That's where we. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's like, but it's fucking crossover city because then he was in a film called Fury with fucking Shia. Oi, oi, oi. Oh, yeah, that's the one that Shia stunk on. Oh, yeah, he looked a bit like he would. And everyone was like, oh, gross. I mean, Brad is like legit. He's just in bed with all of our subjects. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I watched that film and. I quite 
enjoyed it. You love war. Yeah, as you as you know, I do love <laughs> I love war films. It's fucking weird. I I perplexes me, and I'm the one who likes and enjoys them. That's the way it is. Not my cup of tea, but all right. It's a a very American war film. You know, it's very like nationalistic kind of sitch. So he reunited with his ball and chain, Angelina, at this point in the film By the Sea. Big mistake. (laughs) Have you seen that? (laughs) Uh, No, but I remember reading about it. However, I was like, this is the worst fucking movie in the world. Angie wrote and directed it as mm, well. Poor Ange. <laughs> then there was The Big Short. Um, that's a film about the GFC. Yawn. No, I mean, <laughs> it was nominated for Best Picture, I think, at the Oscars. And I watched this again recently and I actually quite enjoyed it because they do this kind of break down the fourth wall shit and they, like, look directly at the camera. So... I enjoyed it. There's one bit like Margot Robbie is explaining some hectic financial shit in like a bubble bath um, and like there's this guy who's coming and pouring her champagne and she's looking straight to camera and then when she's done explaining it, she says, and she's got her own, her proper Australian accent and then she says, now fuck off at the end of when she's speaking (laughs) and she's just in this bubble bath and Anthony Bourdain is in it and he's also like cooking and he's doing this analogy about like a fish um, stew. Sorry, I started then. Like a fish stew and using two-day-old fish and stuff and it's like, you know. All right, I'll watch it. R.I.P. It's just like parts of it I liked. I really liked the way they did it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I always confuse the big short with Spotlight, which are vastly different films. One is about Catholic priests oh. <laughs> and one is about the global financial crisis. And they sound nothing like each other. I know, other. I don't know why. Maybe they just had a similar font in their Maybe. Name. I think they did have a similar cover, yeah, actually. That can get you. Um, he was in another film called Allied uh, and he starred alongside that stunning Chanel lady, Marion, how do you say Cotillard? Cotillard? Yeah. I think I, I think it's I like... you were the cool. French chief. No, I, like, oh, I think it's like Coulthard or something. Ah, <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was rumoured to be having an affair, but she's like, this is ridiculous. Because mm. I think that's around the time when, well, we'll get to it. Um, Brad's most recent film is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Great film. We fucking love it. We watched it last week. Yep. Leonardo's in it. We, we Yeah, we did. We, again. Yeah. Like we'd, we'd both seen, seen it. it, but we watched it together. We both loved it again. Brad won a Best Supporting Actor for this one. And he's fucking great in it. Yeah, he is really good. It, it was his second win at the Academy Awards. Mm. <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't care. Whatever. Um, oh, <laughs> fun side note. Oh, yeah, when we were both watching this um, last week, we both realised that, like, there's that bit where Margaret Qualley puts her dirty, filthy little feet oh. on the window yeah. in the windshield of, like, Brad's car when he's driving. And they're sort of, like, taking up a real majority of the it's shot. Feet city. And we were just like, oh, well, that's enlightening after we know that Quinton loves it, loves some tooties. <laughs> that's how, what <laughs> I refer to feet. I call them tooties. Yeah. But... He's he's got some projects in the work, but goodness knows we live in a fucking weird time. And earlier in this pandemic, piss pool. I thought to myself, I was like, had a moment where I was just like, 
we're really going to have a real big gap in like entertainment. Yeah, I was talking about this the other day. Like this year is going to suck. Yeah, I know it's not really high on the agenda, but it's just a, well, it's very it's important. A, a thought that crossed my mind that things would have been suspended for so long and that kind of world moves so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, so I was going to mention how everyone lost their collective's minds when Brad and Jen were filmed backstage at the 2020 SAG Awards after Jen won Best Female Actor in a Drama Series and Brad also won that night for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But yeah, everyone oh, was yeah. pretty fucking excited about that. They had that, and there was just like we're people, gonna get back together. There was one bit where she was doing her um, acceptance speech, and then someone's just filming Brad, who's stopped in front of the monitor, like watching her do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they obviously like went past like each it. other and had a little embrace. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when I watched this thing on binge called Ten Things You Don't Know. <laughs> About Brad Pitt? Yeah. Um, apparently he has prosopagnosia, which also your good friend Chuck Close has. It's facial oh. blindness, so you just don't remember what people look like. No. Yeah. How could you be... That's why he paints all the portraits. Oh, but how Chuck can Close. Brad be like, I don't get it. But maybe there's varying degrees of it. He must have an assistant in his ear at all times yeah. being like... That's Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> That's Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> That's your buddy uh, Harvey Weinstein. Ooh. Well, don't spoil it. No, sorry. Um, I just assume. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Um, I also learned that Brad Pitt is Barack Obama's ninth cousin. Wow. And to add some more bizarreness, Angelina Jolie is somehow related to Hillary Clinton. What? I know. <laughs> I love it. It's very weird. But I've got to have some answers, okay? I want answers and I want them now. I want them from you. Okay. I want you to tell me. I need you to tell me why you love Barato Pitto. I just thought he was the hottest hot of all the hotties. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really did. But to be honest, I was way more into Keanu. Ugh. We're going back into the 90s, obviously. And we've said it before, we're not doing him. And we're not doing him because there's nothing bad to say about him. It's a fucking dreamboat. Nothing bad. Um, I even had a shrine to him in my room. (laughs) This isn't about Keanu. Oh, God, I love him. Anyway, but... Shrine. You fucking witchy bitch. (laughs) It was like that. I was like, I would do like little spells to make him... Love it. Love me and find me. I'm pretty sure I, I cut off some of Sam's hair in like year nine <laughs> at school. He's definitely not listening, so. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> not, not sorry. sorry. Oh! <laughs> um, Brad Pitt. Mm. Yeah, I look, I was, uh, I was a teenage weirdo. I loved vampire shit. I watched that a lot. I read all those books. I think I just thought he was a babe. I st- and I still do. He is, yeah. He's like Hollywood royalty. He's fucking amazing. Yeah. He, well, <laughs> I mean, even though we've just discussed all these films and I'm like, boring, boring. <laughs> I guess he's now just like that character that you love. Yeah, we bashed him a lot during that bio portion. But there's parts that we really like. <laughs> yeah. Well... 
I mean, he doesn't even need to star in movies on his own anymore. He, he's so good. Like his banter with Leo is so, like they're yeah, so good they're together. They're so good in that film. And he's so good in those parts like in Inglorious Bastards or even in The Counselor where he's just sort of in it for a second. Yeah. He's good at that. And Snatch, he's like that too. He's, Snatch is great. He's really good at that kind of stuff mm. because he's so beloved. Yeah. You're happy to see him. He's like a chill stoner, I reckon. Yeah. Ooh, definitely. Yeah. I remember reading something about how he was a big stoner when he was with... Jen. Jen, yeah. Yeah, he Sorry, was. Sorry, I've got something in my throat. <coughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Shall we, shall we start to... Tear him down? Yeah. I mean, like, it's not... It's not the most shocking of revelations, but look, to say that Brad's personal life has been exploited like central Queensland by Adani is an understatement. <laughs> it's not really that's fucked up, but they can't get enough of him. They love it. It's nuts. I like, feel bad. Yeah, it's wild. Like, I listen to um, WTF with Mark Maron. Me too. Yeah, and he w- it was a great episode. And he was interviewing Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, and Brad describes himself as trash mag fodder. Yeah. And then Mark says, because of, uh, like, it's kind of like a leading, uh, and then Brad kind of cuts in and says, because of my disaster of a personal life, probably. <laughs> yeah. And it's so good. Like, yeah. he just is aware. He knows and he acknowledges it. Yeah. I hate his tinted glasses. Hate them. Yeah, in bad. fact, looking back on the majority of his sunglasses choices <laughs> and hat choices, what what are you doing? He's cancelled. That's not <laughs> end the episode. No, we're not cancelling anyone. <laughs> but we are just asking him to... Be a train driver or not, like pick a side. You can't just wear the uniform. I don't know what tattoos he's got. Tell me. I didn't say tattoos. Oh, I thought you did. No, I said he's all of his sunglasses and his hats. Oh, you think? Did you think I say tats? Yeah, but no, his hats. hats. That's why I made a train driver joke. Oh, also, I never fuck. say tats. I always use full language. Just kidding. After this, are you catching <laughs> a trainer at the stage? <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. Um, Oh, I better call Robbo. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he said some really shitty things about Jen after they split up. Yeah. It's, a bit, it's just a dick move because she was like very, the word I would use is she was very classy after they divorced, like yeah. real. And she got cast as like poor Jen. Oh, yeah. She and she's was never just... been able to shake poor Jen. Yeah, I know. It's, and that's shit, the way yeah. she was, like, exploited in the tabloids. But also he kind of propelled that a little bit by making crappy, snidey little comments. Like he said, um, it became very clear to me that I was intent on trying to find a movie about an interesting life, but I wasn't living an interesting life myself. <gasps> I think that my marriage had something to do with it. Trying to pretend the marriage was something that it wasn't. I'm satisfied with making true choices and finding the woman I love, Angie, and building a family that I love so much. Yeah, fuck you, prick. A number of years later. That's so mean. It's so slack. And it was not even that long afterwards either. And um, he did, like, 
a number of years later, he he gave a very solid apology for that. But it took him a really long time. But the apology was actually very genuine and sincere. He's like, my boring marriage with Jennifer Aniston. And then I found blood drinking Angelina and everything was fun. No, it was he said he said that like he grieves me that it was interpreted and uh, like I have the let's not even bother with it. No. Just don't don't do things to be sorry for. <laughs> um, also worth mentioning, Jen and Brad announced their split in January two thousand and five. Then in July that same year, Brad and Angelina did this big spread in W Magazine. Do you remember this? Yeah, it's like it was called Domestic Bliss. Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt at home and it was shot by Stephen Klein and it's kind of a weird shoot. I mean, it's very aesthetically pleasing. It's like 1960s, maybe like mid to late 60s Hollywood, like Mm -hmm. the shag carpet kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But um, so the spread shows like the the couple in like this domestic scenes with like five renter kids, just like five little blonde boys. What? Yeah, like they're sitting around a dining table or they're like out in the yard. That's and so weird. The, I think on the cover well, didn't it was they have like, two children then? Yeah. But they, yeah, it was just a shoot. They would have been hired as like yeah, little but baby it's models. So weird. But it was all, she was like all <laughs> done up and like, um, well, obviously it's a shoot, but like she's like on a sun lounger with a ball above her head. You might write like a beach ball that's pink. Yeah, that I was, think I think that I was the cover. Um, but then there's, Also, these like some images which are a bit ambiguous as to whether it's like their scenes of passion or violence or both. Ew. Yeah, and like one of them, like Angelina looks passed out. Another one, it looks like he's like getting really mad while she's on the bed kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a. It was like I think it was like sixty page spread or something. What? Okay, we'll put some up on the Insta. Yeah, we'll find them. Anyways, Jennifer actually did comment on this shoot because she did um, a Vanity Fair interview with um, Leslie Bennett. It was her first interview since the the mariage ended. And she said, is it odd timing? Yeah, but it's not my life. He makes his choices. He can do whatever. We're divorced and you can see why. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and also she said there's a sensitivity chip that's missing, like from Brad. She's talking about Brad there. Um, so he's a man. Yeah. We have ascertained that he is a man. <laughs> um, <laughs> All the chips are fallen. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Now this is complicated, so buckle up. Angelina filed for divorce from Brad in September 2016. The most recent articles I found were from August 2020, and it's still not settled. Whoa. It's messy. It's very messy. And they didn't get married until... I think they were... I I have that here somewhere. Later. Yeah, they were together for nine years and married for two. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like I said, they got divorced then. Mm -hmm. So what prompted this? Allegedly, <laughs> the family were on board their PJ. For those of you who don't watch terribly shitty reality television, that stands for a private jet. 
Um, anyways, Brad and Angelina, they got into it. They like having a big fight and allegedly Maddox, their eldest adopted son, he stepped in to defend his mother. He was about 14 or 15 when this happened. And then things escalated quickly and there have been claims that Brad hit Maddox in the face. But other sources say there was like a physical altercation but it didn't get to the extent of like hitting. Yeah, maybe it was just a little push. Yeah, and then there's a different set of others that say that there was no physicalness about... Just yelling. Yeah. Um, So the plane was travelling from Nice in France, the... They have a house there, I think. Um, They have a lot of houses. (laughs) Um, And then they're heading back to Americano and refueling in Minnesota. And I think there's, I mean, there would have been, there's like CCTV footage of um, some kind of situation happening when they're refueling. And it shows Brad being like very volatile but not violent. It's just like a bit of a mad dog. And he's... (laughs) In one article in the cut by Ali Jones, it says that he was trying to like catch a ride on the fuel truck. He's trying to like get out of there. Whoa. Um, You'd think the plane would be big enough. I'll just go into this area. Yeah, of the plane. I'm just going to sit with the captain. <laughs> yeah. The pilot. Um, <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? Both. Um, Captain Pilot. Yeah, that's his name. It's um, whose son yeah, was that? Static pilot. Was it like Frank Zappa? No. Uh, oh, I actually think it was that guy Jason Lee from um. He was in. Uh, he was in Chasing Amy and Pilot Inspector. Yeah, yeah. Pilot Inspector is in fact Jason Lee's. Child, I'm a f- I'm pretty upset that I know that. <laughs> no, I've read this article in Vogue about weirdest kids' names like 40 times. I I see it fun. and I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. And I'm like, I have read this 50 times because they <laughs> they put it up on a newsletter every time someone has a child. I've got a bit of a boner for Jason Lee. Who doesn't? He's cute and funny. All right, so they've been in a custody battle ever since that happened. Some claimed he was also very drunk when this happened and Brad has admitted to having drinking problems. Okay. Who amongst us? Um, <laughs> e, they, e, exclamation point, published um, an article titled Why Brad Pitt Won the Jolly Pitt War by Throwing Himself on His Sword. And I think it's interesting because he owned his shit to a certain degree, like he did. He said, I've got a drinking problem. Yeah, and he said, I'm like, I care about my kids and I'm going to fucking change. I'm going to fix this. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this before. I mean, like, I think we've talked about this. We, you and I have definitely spoken about it. But seriously, like, if you make a mistake, just own your shit. It makes it so much better. I am talking to you, Josh Homme and John Galliano. I say... I'm a dickhead. Take ownership. Just like I'm an asshole. Oh, it's so much better when you do that. Um, after this whole plane fiasco, an anonymous call was made to the Los Angeles County Department of Children and Family Services. Uh, the call claimed Brad had been physically and verbally abusive to his son. Subsequently, Brad was investigated by none other than the bloody FBI. What? Yeah. 
in a statement to the BBC, the old Federal Bureau. Because it was like in a different state or something, right? Well, just... Okay. No, no, I was just going to say the the reason they were involved is because apparently they handle any incidents on planes, which I did not know. Yeah, all right. But they said, in response to your inquiry regarding allegations within the special aircraft jurisdiction of the (laughs) United States, specifically an aircraft carrying Mr. Brad Pitt and his children, the FBI is continuing to gather facts and will evaluate whether (laughs) an investigation at the federal level will be pursued. So that was in September 2016. What does Maddox say? We don't know. He doesn't talk to the press. No. <laughs> he also didn't talk to his dad for a long time after yeah, this whole right. thing. Um, the others did, but not him. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of months later in November, uh, the FBI again said, hey, guys. And then they said, in response to allegations made following a flight carrying Mr. Brad Pitt and his children, the FBI has conducted a review of the circumstances and will not pursue further investigation. No charges have been filed in this matter. All right, so it was a family matter. Yeah, I mean... it wasn't violence. Yeah. According to the fucking FBI. Yeah. Uh, I know. I'm just, yeah, I just thought I'd give you the facts because, you know, it's not that bad. So I'm just going to tell you what I know. I'm saying like the FBI is the squeaky cleanest thing in the world. I'm just saying. J. Edgar Hoover, shout (laughs) out. (laughs) Leo. Yeah, he's true. Um, Look... But that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you don't get higher than that, do you? To get cleared, really. Um, I think after all this, I just think Brad was like desperately trying to navigate the situation to the best of his abilities. Like after this whole thing, like you will never know what happened on that fucking plane. No. I think maybe something did, but I don't know. But then Angelina Jolie filed for divorce the same day. Yeah, so it's probably pretty bad. Yeah, many think she's like this mastermind behind all these plans and have a lot of conspiracy theories, but we're not here to talk about Big Ange, so. No, I I think it would be rude to. Mm. It's just, it's very (laughs) sad. It's rude. (laughs) And I think Brad was sad because he said, I'm very saddened by this, in a quote. And then he said, but what matters most now is the well-being of our kids. I kindly ask the press to give them the space they deserve during this challenging time. And also, Maddox does not speak to the press. No, he didn't say that. I added that in for flair. I wish he would. I want to know. That was the first statement that he made after Angelina filed. Don't worry, there'll be a tell-all book from one of their bloody six children. There must be. One of them's got to write a book. Right. I think it'll be Zahara. Ooh. Yeah. Let's put some bets on the table. I'm a gambling lady. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Apparently two years after Angelina filed, Braddy hadn't paid any child support. Okay, that's not good. I know, it's weird though because there's... It's weird that they would need it. I'm not saying that he shouldn't. No, they should, but their expenses should be split. But it's just why it's just weird to think about it when you have endless sums of money. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's just like a bit bizarre because women like there are probably some women who are, are paying for, rent or fighting their ex for fifty dollars. Yeah, fortnight. exactly. Um, uh, but when when this came out, 
he was all like, what the heck? I've given you like $1.3 million and I loaned you $8 million to buy a sweet gaff. Mm. So shut up, Angelina. Well, well yeah, and then there's an, <laughs> there's an ongoing narrative that, like I said, Angelina is kind of like manipulating all the media coverage and giving them the, like the scoop to yeah. paint Brad in this like negative light. And Brad, Brad's lawyer always kind of brings this up. He likes to talk about it. And then Angelina's lawyer, Samantha Blay Dejean, if I, I'm not sure, um, mm. she said that that. Brad has a statutory duty to pay child support. As of present, he has paid no meaningful child support since the separation. And Ange is sued for 50% of the cost to be paid to her and, they, like, retroactively she wants the back payments, essentially, um, dating back from when they initially filed. But And Samantha, the lawyer, also said... A loan is not child support and to represent it as such is misleading and inaccurate. Okay, well, is she going to pay it back? I don't know. I think that's a different matter. That's what I'd like to know. I think... I'd like to get those two in a room with a mediator, see what we can come up with. Yeah. I'd call it a day. It's just so messy, <laughs> isn't it? And because she um, wants sole custody and he gets, like, visitation rights oh, or that's something. That's not very nice. It's very, very messy. And it's been going on for what, like... Six, seven, five years. No. Is it, was that... I thought you said it was 2016, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're right. Five fucking years. Perhapsies. All right. We're moving on. Wait, I just want to know what you think of Angelina. Or is um, it too rude to say? It's difficult because of what I've read and what I've seen... I just don't know because she does really great things as well. She's mm. been involved with the UN for a really long time. She has all these humanitarian kind of ventures. But then Emma, like, but what a lot of people have kind of, like they said that she filed on the same day that like Us Weekly and all the shit rags come out and she did it intentionally so that her story would come out before he, you know, it's just like... I mean, that could have been a publicist's idea. Totally. Or a lawyer's idea. Uh, yeah. The thing is, I also think that the media portray women shit. They've said that Jen is like some poor, poor woman who never got to have children or have a fairy tale for like fucking 20 years. Yeah. I think so she's, she's, she's chill. She's okay. <laughs> and... I, so it's tricky because all the stuff I read, like there was lots of negative stuff about Angelina, but who the f- I don't fucking know. Mm. Oh, I don't know either. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. Okay, thanks. Moving right along, uh, Brad dated and was engaged to and had the same haircut as <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow, like we mentioned. <laughs> Gwyneth was sexually harassed by Wangstein Weinstein. Say that four times fast. Um, <laughs> in 1996, sorry, that wasn't anything to do with that, making a joke in that same sentence. Um, no. So Brad was really, he was like heralded as a big hero um, when the investigation into Harvey's crimes like broke because after the incident with Gwyneth, he confronted Weinstein and he said, if it happens again, I'll kill you. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, we should note that Angelina Jolie was, she was 
also harassed by Weinstein and she said that she would never work with him again and she never did. Yeah. But what is problematic is that Brad Pitt later appeared in three Weinstein films. Yeah. So first was in 2002 when he had like a very short cameo in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Mm-hmm. Next, 2009, obviously, in Glorious Bastards. You go into that knowing that Weinstein and Tarantino are working together, they did forever, you know. That's not like a surprise. No. Um, And then in 2012, he was in Killing Them Softly. I thought that was a bit shit, really. Yeah. I really like Brad Pitt and I was just a bit disappointed by this. Yeah. It is disappointing. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have, uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else um, except I was just going to say this is by far, by a fucking galaxy the most tabloidy episode I think we've ever done <laughs> or like for me this was just like yeah I, look I'm uncomfortable how much I know about his family <laughs> I know I've never visited so many like trashy magazine websites and I feel felt like I do feel for the way he's personally Sorry, his like personal life is so it's like mercilessly attacked. Yeah, it's bananas. I think even on the episode, no, I think even in my part, I did Leonardo DiCaprio, which you're gonna hear in a minute. But like in that uh, episode of WTF with Mark Maron, yeah. Like even Leo's like, yeah, it's so weird. They don't really care about me that much. Yeah. Like, why you? I know. It's just like, it's so weird. It's really bizarre. It's like they all just have like fucking torches and pitchforks for Brad Pitt. And also Jennifer Anderson and Angela. I think all three of them because they still do that shit. And then like when, I know we're not talking about it, but like when Jennifer Anderson then was remarried to... um, Justin Theroux, yeah, or Theroux. He's a babe. He's great. And then, it, and then when they split up, then it's like Jen will never find her happy yeah, ending. It's like, and it's oh, like God. give it a fucking rest. Do you have anyone in your creative team that can come up with a slice of an original idea? You yeah. have been harping on about poor Jennifer Aniston and her fifteen billion like fucking real estate properties and yeah. like all the money she earns and she earns lots of money. She's got lots of good friends. And she seems happy. She's fucking fine. And can you please stop rest. spinning this yarn? Yeah. Knock it off, all right? Yeah. Tabloids. Right. Fuck that. All right, shall we um shall quick break? Yeah, just a quickie. I'm sorry, it sucks. It is like. It is like. I'm sorry, Alrighties. We're back. We just had a quick squeeze at the W Magazine spread that I spoke about. Yeah, it's a pretty nasty thing to do. Six months after your bloody divorce. Yeah, I'm pretty grossed out by that. But enough about him. Let's talk about someone else. Let's talk about Leonardo Willem DiCaprio. 
Uh, he was born on the 11th of November, 1974, in sunny California. Mm, born and bred. Los Angeles, to be exact, although that's not very exact, really. LA's quite big. It's large. Um, anyway, he's a skeptic. He's a sexual Scorpio. Ooh, just like, me. just like you, I was going to say. Yay. All right. Leo's parents, George and Indenbergen. So exotic and wonderful. It's, it's a German mouthful. Mm. Um, they had met in New York and then married and moved to LA, but they divorced when Leo was still a little toddler. Um, they'd originally agreed to live next door to each other so that Leo would see both his parents every day. That's so cute. But eventually, Indenbergen moved to chase work into suburbs like Echo Park and Los Feliz, which he nicknamed Scumsville, but are actually super fancy and all the cool people live there now. They're kind of fancy. Is it less, less fearless? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has said that as a toddler he witnessed two men having sex in broad daylight and junkies smoking crack in an alley close to his house. I saw a woman do a poo in a takeaway container once. Were you a toddler? Do you have a memory from when you were a toddler? No, it was Do you, Leo? What a load of shit. Anyway. Why was it in a takeaway container? That's what yeah, I want to know. Yeah, that's rank. <laughs> She's saving it. Well, it's kind of nice. Like she didn't want to just like leave it there. But all I thought she was going like, to flush it. Like from, from a takeaway restaurant. So I was just like, <laughs> is she keeping that? Like, <laughs> well, she's just going to dispose of it, probably. Yeah, that makes more sense Respect. than putting it in your fridge. Or <laughs> yeah. Uh, back in New York City, George had hung out with cool guys like Allen Ginsberg, members of the Velvet Underground. Cool. Um, and he was a kind of well-known underground comic guy. Um, and honestly, he looks exactly like what you would expect an underground comic book maker in the 70s to look. He's got this long, dark hair, sluggy eyebrows, and like a really weirdly shaped but... Like it's shaped, but messy facial hair. It's mm. strange. Did he have a moustache? I imagine a moustache. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There was a moustache in there too. I cannot see any resemblance to Leo. Really? Um, Leo looks exactly like his mother. Blonde, blue-eyed, same nose, same fucking face. Um, and there'll be pics up on the Insta mm. in the first book. Um, she named him Leonardo because... She was staring at a Da Vinci painting in Florence, Italy, when she first felt her baby kicking inside her prego belly. Oh, cute. That's nice. Yeah, I like it. At five, he got his first nibble of fame when he went on a romper room. We had that in Australia too. Um, but he was such a little cunt that production <laughs> had to be called. And they rang his mum up and were like, you've got to come and get this kid and take him home. Whoa. They said he was just too disruptive. Mm. Um, and in an old interview, I think it was with David Letterman, I really should have made a note of that. Anyway, Leo explained it like this, quote, I remember running up to the camera and looking into it and slapping it and they had to sit me down <laughs> multiple times. And when the host said, hey, kids, it's story time, I'm screaming at the top of my voice, yeah! <laughs> well, it's story time. And then they fired me. I'm afraid I deserved it. They had to kick me out. Fired from romper room. Mm. Scandalous. Very. Anyway, Leo mostly lived with his mother because 
I don't know, mums are generally a bit better than shit. They have to pick yes, up the slack. Yeah. Um, and despite not having any money, she was determined to get him a good education. So she applied for a scholarship for him to this fancy private school and drove him the three-hour round trip every day because wow. he got it. Um, and Leo saw how the other half lived and was pretty keen on getting that money shit for him and his mum. Noble. Yeah. Uh, his dad had remarried and Leo now had an older stepbrother who was an aspiring actor. And when he was paid $50,000 for a TV commercial, which seems wrong, Whoa. but I double-checked it and that's what it said, um, Leo was like, I want $50,000. I'm going to be an actor. Fair enough. Yeah. So 14, he starts auditioning and his first gig was like an ad for Matchbox, Mattel, car, toy cars. Um, and Matchbox then, leading the way. I'm pretty sure that was it. I don't remember. <laughs> But good, good singing. Thank you. Um, he did some more ads. He had a two-episode stint on Lassie. He was on like one episode of Roseanne, mm-hmm. an episode of Santa Barbara, which mm-hmm. was like a soap opera, I think. Family um, Ties? Uh, no. Oh. Just wait, Kara. Sorry. <laughs> Um, <laughs> then he landed a big role in the TV version of Parenthood, mm. the incredibly wonderful Steve Martin film. Yeah. Um, and he was to play Gary, uh, who was played by Joaquin Phoenix in the movie. Right, yep. Um, you know, Diane Weiss, cute son, and he can't stop masturbating. Yep. Yep. Um, unfortunately. Happens to the best of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, the despite having rad casting, Thora Birch was in it, oh. um, and David Arquette, uh-huh. and Ed Begley Jr. Mm. Um, the show was cancelled after twelve episodes, wow. which is a shame. Um, and then they made it again, actually. I don't know, ten years ago, with the dude from Six Feet Under and the lady from Gilmore Girls, and it was really smolty. But I secretly love a smolch. Oh yeah, and they're actually married in real life. Yeah, they met and. Yeah, I don't know, I really liked it. But they play brother and sister in the show, right? Gross. (laughs) That happens a lot. On Dexter too, um, the actor who played Dexter and the actress who played his sister on the show like got together and got married. Ew. (laughs) It's weird. Well, for us. Yeah, for for people who don't act. Mm. Um, The viewers amongst us. (laughs) Uh, then Leo was in Critters 3. Classic. <laughs> uh, which he's described as, quote, possibly one of the worst films of all time. And I guess it was a good example to look back and make sure it doesn't happen again. And I'm pretty sure that he really meant that. Yeah. As he really never looked back in terms of career choices. Pretty much everything he made since was a success. I also have to mention here that he was in Poison Ivy with Drew Barrymore. I fucking loved that movie. I don't know if I've seen it. Oh, Cara. Because I love both of them. I must have seen that a fucking million times. Sarah Gilbert from Roseanne. Yeah. And Drew Barrymore. Leo's scenes 
apparently got cut. Oh no! <laughs> but it was like he was in it, um, but just we just didn't see it. <laughs> but I'm so desperate to see it. Mm. And Drew's like 16, 17. She's awkwardly incredibly hot. Yeah. And she, um, I tried to find it to watch it, but it's not anywhere. You can't stream it anywhere. So if anyone out there has like a DVD or something, please let me know. I'm desperate to see it. We'll take a rental. We'll send it back. Anything. Um, I think it's probably super problematic because I remember her boning Tom Tom Skerritt is the like plays, I think it's Sarah Gilbert's father and she like, has sex with him, oh. and he and he was the dad of Julia Roberts in Steel Magnolias. Oh, He's like real mustachy and yes. old man. Yep. Yuck, super gross. Anyway, back to Leo. Uh, in 1993, he was chosen out of like 400 other boys by none other than the one and only Robert De Niro mm. to play the lead role in a movie called This Boy's Life. I've not seen it. Neither. But it's got De Niro, who plays his stepfather, Ellen Birkin, Hottie, plays his mother. It's also got Elijah Dishku from Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Bring It On. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's where he met his good mate, Toby Maguire, but not sure. Maybe they already knew each other. Um, it got great reviews and led him to nabbing the part of the intellectually disabled brother of your mate, Johnny Depp, in What's Eating Gilbert Great. Mm-hmm. And the actor apparently wanted a less good-looking boy for the role, but Leo was just too bloody good. A review by Janet Maslin in the New York Times said, the film's real show-stopping turn comes from Mr DiCaprio, who makes Arnie's many ticks so startling and vivid that at first he's difficult to watch. The performance has a sharp, desperate intensity from beginning to end. He won the National Board of Review for Best Supporting Actor and was nominated for an Oscar and a Golden Globe. Wow. How, yeah. how old was he? I don't know. Young. 20? 18. In what's eating Gilbert Gray? Yeah. When was he born? 1974. Yeah. So he was 19, I think. Yeah. He's a little he's a little guy. Uh, when he was cast in The Quick and the Dead next, the movie company was worried about him being wrong for the role. And uh, Sharon Beaver Revealer Stone <laughs> paid his I salary. I didn't think you were going to go that way. <laughs> I thought it was someone named Shannon Beaver who was like a talent agent. <laughs> Beaver Avila, <laughs> um, paid his salary herself. Oh, wow. She was like, this kid's going to be in this movie. Yeah. Um, then he played Jim Carroll in The Basketball Diaries, which bloody amazing. I yeah. love that movie. Love that book. Uh, he then played, uh, he then replaced poor old Dead River Phoenix in oh. Total Eclipse, which was the story of the sexy gay romance between Arthur Rimbaud and Paul Verlaine. It didn't do very good, which is a bummer. Yeah. Um, the 90s might have just been a bit too homophobic. I don't know. Truth. Anyway, his next role was a bloody banger. He starred opposite the sweet Claire Danes in Old Mate Baz mm. Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet and fuck, it was great. Yeah. 
Never get enough of that fucking nah. banger soundtrack. It's just so good. The soundtrack is so good. <sighs> so good. Uh, the next year, in 1997, shit went even crazier when he turned down the role of Dirk Diggler in Boogie Nights, mm. season two, episode Marky Mark, um, yep. <laughs> to star in Titanic. Which is Probably really a good choice. Interesting, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, obviously, you know, that movie was a massive fucking hit. It mm. cost $20 million, making it the most expensive film ever made at that time. I was obsessed. More with the actual story, to be fair, like the real story rather than the film. But yeah. it was spurred on by the film. Go on. It was everywhere. Um, the movie made $2.1 Billion dollars at the box office, which is a fucking lot of people seeing Leo's face and wondering why Kate Winslet didn't just shove over (laughs) and let him on the fucking door. It's it's actually the most controversial, (laughs) like situation of our time. It is. It's shocking. It is. Move over. So annoying. What were we watching? I think I saw it was like a an little... interview with Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Margot Robbie. <laughs> and Margot, I think Margot Robbie says, "Didn't you? Did you suggest that maybe they would make the door a little smaller <laughs> to like <laughs> make it so that people wouldn't think this?" But yeah, anyway, so good. Uh, but he just said, "I no, I can't. No comment. comment no comment." <laughs> um, his fame fucking skyrocketed. Yeah. A Daily Telegraph reporter likened his popularity to Beatlemania. Teenage girls were screaming their fucking heads off. Yeah. Um, And at this point, he was still living with his dear mummy. So funny. Uh, But he moved out because all of that paparazzi shit. He just was like, Ma, you don't need this. (laughs) Nice. Um, And another very cute thing. So one of the living survivors of the Titanic was Milvina Dean, Mm -hmm. who was nine months old at the time of the sinking. Oh. Yeah. And was 86 when the film came out. And she was dead broke. Uh, Leo, Kate and James Cameron actually donated huge sums of money to her to help pay for her nursing home and, like, whatever she needed after they learned that she'd been forced to sell her, like, mementos and... Oh, my gosh. ...everything to survive, which is very sweet. Um, She died in 2009 and was the last living Titanic survivor. That's, That's a lovely story. Yeah. And apparently I think that her family were on the third class, like... Steerage, they called it. Her father didn't survive. Right, women and children. Yep. Anyway. Except for that one dick who, like, pushed in front of everyone. I'm sure that's... (laughs) Billy Zane. Billy. (laughs) Billy Zane. (laughs) Eyebrows. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, was then cast... In American Psycho. Oh. Yeah. But him and Oliver Stone had massive fights and disagreements about, like, how the movie should be. Oh, wow. That Leo left and made The Beach instead, which I think is a far superior book to American Psycho. I loved it so fucking much. And when... You think the book of The Beach is better than the book of American Psycho? Yes. Okay. It's really good. And 
I was so excited when I learned that they were making that movie. And then I like looked up all the shit about the cast and I was like, this is perfection. And then they changed the fucking ending. And I was like, you can't do that. You just can't fucking do that to people. Yeah. It's a beloved book. It's rough. If you don't like the ending, don't make that fucking movie, right? Yeah. I'm still pretty sore about it. it like, sounds, make some other fucking movie. Yeah, you sound pretty salty. I'm still mad. You're a salty sea dog. Mm. Hey, was he going to play, um, I can't remember, yeah, the Patrick main, Bateman? Yeah, he was. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I think he would have been pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I just, like, now that Christian Bale, I, I don't know, I can't get him out of my mind of for that. Anyway. Of course. Yeah. Uh, all right, he made a bunch more movies with some notable mentions being Catch Me If You Can. Great. A true story based on the life of Frank Abagnale, who before his 19th birthday successfully performed cons worth millions of dollars. Dolls. Pro- posing as an air pilot, what is his name? A pan-American airways pilot yeah. and a doctor who was like the head of surgery or something <laughs> and... And a prosecutor. Amazing. Fucking amazing. It's a great, fun movie. I think it's made by Spielberg. Spielberg, you say? Yeah. He made Wolf of Wall Street, which is a pretty fun and insanely sexist romp based on the book about Jordan Belfort's wild fall from Mr. Money, Drugs and Sexy Ladies to, like, no money. Orange suit. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I like it, but it's probably something to do with our Lord and Saviour, Margot Robbie. (laughs) Uh, Which brings me to the last DiCaprio movie that I've seen with uh, my mate Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which you've already discussed. It's so good. I fucking love it. I thought you were going to say my mate Cara. (laughs) Oh, I did see it with my mate Cara. But Tarantino and you were closer, and I understand that. We've known each other a little longer. Uh, he's also produced a bunch of films, documentaries. He's definitely one of the most active famos in the climate change movement. Yeah. Um, he has a charity called the Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation, which is very narcissistic. <laughs> <laughs> narcissistic. Um, and, of course, he has the face in one of my most favourite memes ever, the face from um, oh, Go yeah. Unchained. Um as well as being the subject of several very funny videos of him dancing really badly. Oh. Um, like at, there's one of or two actually of him at Coachella and one of him at P. Diddy's birthday party, which I remember seeing at the time that it came out but has now mysteriously disappeared from the internet. Oh. I couldn't find it anywhere and I'm pretty devastated about that. Okay, can we watch the other one later? Yes, it's good. The available He's like one. a really bad dancer. I mean, everyone's so like, what the hell? Because <laughs> he's like, he dances in some of his films. Like in, the, in Gatsby, he does a lot of dancing mm. around. I don't know. Anyway, Kara, uh, what do you love about Leo? Well, I think, uh, you know, his longevity is pretty astounding. Like you said, like obviously... He got fired from Romper Room. Yeah. <laughs> is that correct? Um, that is correct. So it was a rocky start, but 
<laughs> he's he's been in that game for like so long and I don't know if I kind of fear that sometimes or if I respect it because it's just like such a fucking, not, I don't know. It just seems like a horrible world to be in where you would just get so like malaligned and like maltreated all the time. More so for women. Yeah, not if you're Leonardo <laughs> Yeah, I know. But or like you know, you just must like lose yourself because you're surrounded by yes people all the time, which we've spoken about. Like I watched heaps of interviews with him, and he just he gives nothing away. Yeah, like I don't know who he is, what he's like at all. Probably because he's been doing it for so long yeah. that he's so he's got no person. He's a fucking veteran at doing it, and he knows what. Or his PR woman's just been like, just shut up. Yeah. Leo. Or like, yeah, they know what he wants to divulge and what he doesn't and then there's like a strict line with that. He's just, I don't know, I guess endless experience in it. Well, it's quite like old school movie star really of him to be like that. For sure. Yeah. I think his his career is just spanned across like obviously so many decades and genres and he's very, he's very handsome. I don't think so. No? I always... I feel like he just looks like a little baby and he looks like he's short. That's he's my not, style. He's, he's six feet tall. Is he really? Yeah, which I cannot fucking believe. No, I would have thought he was shorter. But Do he is, know? or that's what he told the internet to tell everybody. That's so interesting because like, so, it's so funny the way that you see people in film. Like I would have thought he was a lot shorter. Mm. But then say, for instance, someone like Benedict Cumberbatch, I would think is very, very tall. Yeah, he seems tall. He's really short. Well, what? I don't know how tall he actually is, but I saw him in real life. He was at my work and I was just and he was wearing one of those bloody caps that Brad Pitt wears as well. So that was like a Yeah, right. I just have a thing about hats. But like <laughs> I was just like, man, you're way shorter than what I thought you would be. It's just yeah, funny. Right. Your perception, and obviously, like you know, people like Tom Cruise is like has like boxes for shoes. Yeah, <laughs> he's a real jerk about it. <laughs> so. None of my wives are allowed to wear heels. And so funny! What a dick. Um, I think he's like an amazing actor. I think he really is an incredible actor. And like you said, the Basketball Diaries. I loved that film. Yeah. I, that's the one where he takes heroin, right? Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. And then he's running through the field of sunflowers. Yeah, it's just I just think that's a really obviously that's more of like a writer, producer, director kind of situation. But I just love that scene mm. of like a way to, you know, have this like analogy of what taking heroin is like. I think it's very clever. It's a really good film. Yeah, it is based on a really good book. I've never read the book. Yeah. I love the. I I really like the beach, and I also have never read the book, so I didn't have that gaze. You know what I mean? Like, I don't actually know what the alternative ending is. It ends with like this weird murderous uh, orgy. Oh, (laughs) yeah, it's really hectic. I guess it's tricky to film. It is tricky to film, but don't make that movie then. Like you said, Romeo and Juliet. I have a lot of. I I I saw that at Tugra Lakes in some holidays, (laughs) and it's just. Great. Mm. And um, Amber and I and the Bad Bitch Choir played this fabulous gig at the Enmore Theatre, which was just a fucking highlight. It it was amazing. We did choir backups for Quindon Tava. Yes, the the very young man who sung... What what is that song? (laughs) How could you leave me standing? Doves cry. 
Yes, that's it. And we did another one with him, but I can't remember now. Yeah, we did. We did a couple. And everybody's free. It, yeah, and it was just the best night. It was so uh, fun, it was so and amazing. everyone dressed up, and they looked inc- like yeah. people went fucking out. And it was for the twentieth anniversary. I don't know. It was the twentieth or the twenty fifth anniversary since the film. Everyone in the crowd was amazing, and then there was all these amazing musicians who sang. The whole album, like the whole soundtrack. The creme de la creme of Australian (laughs) music. It was really, that was such a fun night. It just reminded me how good that film was. Yeah. And how brilliant the Babbage Choir are. Oh, there's your toe. Um, (laughs) Under the table. Uh, Also, Catch Me If You Can, I really enjoyed. Again, Wolf of Wall Street was so good. And I totally agree. It is like misogyny gone. It's like, wild. Yeah, it's, it's the, the express train of chauvinism. Toot toot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's quite fun still. Yeah. Because it, you, I mean, I mean, maybe it's more fun because it all goes to shit or something. Yeah, and also the thing is, I'm not saying it's like totally accurate, but I do think that that world would have been fucked at that time of yeah. excess and money and drugs and just like just the abundance of everything and it's just like crazy money. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very entertaining. I also really like the Tarantino ones he's in and I think like Rick Dalton. So good. He plays Rick Dalton like that kind of sad actor character impeccably, and like his like little that, emotional outbursts and, and stuff. And the hectic tan that he has and his his. Age to like a perfect age to play that character. Yeah, he. Re- that's true. I think I, I really like that film. And we were talking about it before, like Brad and like they seem to be just they have great chemistry because they're good friends and it's yeah. fun to watch them together. Yeah, yeah, that's about it, really. Well, I didn't think there'd be much about stuff about him, but uh, I did find a few pretty juicy little things about. Leo Lothario DiCaprio. Mm. Um, okay, so have you ever heard of the 1MDB scandal? No. Good answer. <laughs> well, in 2015, the Malaysian Prime Minister Najib Razak was accused of channeling over $2.67 billion from a government-run company called One Malaysia Development Berhard. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, to his own bank account. Fucking hell. Another person who was embezzling money from the fund to themselves was a guy called Jeho Lo, which is a great name, and I really wish he had something to do with J-Lo, but he doesn't. I keep waking up with a J-Lo song in my head recently. Sing it to me. It's the one where... Um, um, the path you chose to run along. And then the rapper goes, I know you're independent. You can make it on your own. <laughs> I don't know why I cannot yeah. get it out of my head. I hate J-Lo. He with me, Hannah. Are you joking? Yeah, I don't like her. Have you seen Hustler? Yeah, I love Hustler. Hustlers. Great movie. Hustlers. I don't know. It's, it's got to be hustlers. She was in multiple Hustlers. Firing. She was really great in that, but like she doesn't. No. She right. can't do anything good. I'm just going to use a little meeting terminology. We're going to take this offline and uh, <laughs> we're going to discuss it later because I want some answers. All right, look, J-Ho 
<laughs> was the mastermind behind the whole 1MDB thing to begin with. So it's thought that he was the main man behind the scandal from the start anyway when Wolf of Wall Street came out in 2017. One of its producers was listed as our new friend, J-Ho Lowe. Ooh. So people start looking into Leo and it turns out the film was funded by money siphoned from the fund. What? <laughs> Despite the Malaysian component saying, no, no, that's not what happened. It was probably the biggest political money scandal ever, not that it funded Wolf of Wall Street, just that it happened. Yeah, that amount of money. Um, and authorities in so many countries were looking into it. Like, if you look it up, it's just there's like 20 countries whose federal police were looking into okay, this shit. It goes all the way to the top. All the way to the top. Um, in the USA, the Department of Justice recovered like a billion dollars worth of assets that were gifted by corrupt parties, including properties in LA, New York, London, a private jet, a luxury yacht. Um, from Leo personally, they seized Marlon Brando's 1954 Oscar statue. Whoa. A $3.2 million Picasso and a $9 million Basquiat. Your fave. My fave. It's fucking wild. $9 million. It's a big one, I'd say. Remember when you were talking about buying one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Shut up. No, we did discuss it was going to be like a post-it note sketch, so. <laughs> yeah. Also, Red Granite Pictures, the production company who made Wolf of Wall Street, had a man called Riza Aziz as their co-founder and chairman. Okay. Riza just happened to be the stepson of the Malaysian Prime Minister. This shit was fucking so, deep. It turned out that the Wolf of Wall Street, which I must include, was Leo's pet project. He was the producer. Oh, he'd, yeah. he'd gotten the rights and wanted to make that film for years. Um, it was funded, well, $155 million of the funding came directly from the 1MBD. $150 million? $155 million. Oh, sorry. Wow. Um, RZA still denies any wrongdoing, but in 2018 made a deal with the US government where he gave them $60 million to settle the matter. Like, just leave me alone. Ooh. This is all you're going to get. So I don't know, it looks pretty guilty to me. Yeah. But, yeah, it's pretty dodge. Uh, there was also some stuff involving very large donations made to the Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation from these 1M BD guys. J-Ho had generated all these works of art to be auctioned for the charity, including a Lichtenstein, a Lichtenstein sculpture. Mm -hmm. um, Leo got called out by the directors of another charity for being hypocritical in accepting these donations. Given that the political corruption in Malaysia is a reason for, like the main reason for all the deforestation there. Yeah. So probably taking bribes for logging contracts, that sort of thing. So yeah. it's like... Do you really give a fuck? Leo. Yeah. Do ya? So, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's possible he had no idea. But also... I don't know. It's a lot of money for one guy to just be chucking around to you people. Were, you, I, yeah, I don't... Obviously, we used to live in that world. We don't anymore. <laughs> but, I mean, like, yeah. I don't know if you were that 
wealthy? Like, do you question where the money comes from? Do you know it's really probably, all of it's probably dirty money, you know what You're I mean? you gifted a $9 million painting and a $3.4 million painting. Don't ask questions. That seems weird to me. Yeah. That's a big gift. I know. From your new friend. Yeah. Anyway. So, look, I can't say for sure. It's all... These are all allegations, you know? It's allegations. But it just looks pretty sus. Mm. And moving right along. In 1996, Leo and some of his mates starred in an independent, low-budget, black-and-white film called Don's Plum. Never heard of it? Never heard of it. Okay, there's a reason for that. It was filmed over six days... And Leo was paid $575 per day of shooting. So you can get a lot out of that. <laughs> um, and it's basically just the no IMDb. No. It's not on there, I don't think. <laughs> no, but also I can't remember the acronym. Um, the, is that right? An acronym? Yeah. Okay, yeah, the Internet Movie Database. No, but I was I was pretending the other one. Oh, the one M. Yeah, that's what I but I couldn't I didn't know it. So I just said the only Acronym I can think of. <laughs> Sorry, too slow. Me. Uh, so it's basically just these douchey dudes um, hanging out. Each of them bring a girl to the diner. They talk shit. There's no plot. It's just dumb. They're super misogynistic. Leo and Toby Maguire, who was also in it, sued the filmmakers and tried to block it from being released probably because it's really dumb. Yeah. Um, they said the film was done as a favour to their friend and this guy was like one of their best mates. Mm-hmm. And that they didn't expect it to be released as a feature and that because they were famous now that it was likely to be successful and therefore reap the filmmaker's money. Like, yeah, duh. That's how it works. <laughs> okay, but then... One of the producers, David Strutman, filed a lawsuit against them for declaratory relief, interference with prospective economic advantage, breach of conduct, breach of contract, slander of title and injunctive relief. Don't know what most of those things mean. No. It was later agreed between the actors and the filmmakers that the film would only be released outside the US and Canada. Okay. The lawsuit also required that some scenes had to be trimmed or removed. But then in 2014, the other producer, also a mate of theirs, Dale Wheatley, published a letter on his website, which is called freedonsplum.com, <laughs> basically explaining the history of the movie and the legal issues that they had. Sounds like they want a free Don's ball. <laughs> like he doesn't want to wear knickers anymore. It's weird. Go on. Uh, he uploaded the film to be streamed for free from the website. But then, and it took him a little while, in 2016 it was removed when Leo and Tobes were like, hey, that's an infringement of our legal agreement. And Wheatley made this statement to Fox News, quote, Such a reputable place, sorry. (laughs) Fox, I know. (laughs) It saddens me deeply that in 2016 we witnessed the senseless oppression of film and art by one of America's most beloved actors, 
while the world celebrates, and certainly Americans celebrate, his great achievements in cinema, he chooses to use an iron fist to suppress the work of many other artists, including him in a film made 20 years ago. And look, I think it's very mean-spirited of them. Yeah. Um, they were friends. Yeah. Like, I guess after Critters 3, that whole situation, <laughs> he was really serious about not doing shit movies. First cut is the deepest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty shit. You can watch it on YouTube. Oh. Uh, but I wouldn't bother. Okay. Uh, one reviewer said of it, quote, the black and white, cigarette-smoke-filled, largely improvised indie is as pretentious as it is disgusting. Oh. It's 82 minutes of hotshot jerks degrading everyone in sight while rambling on about masturbation, bisexuality, and their lack of acting careers. Look, I watched a few little bits of it and it's so terrible. You're like Margaret and David rolled into one and I love it. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. Yeah. Uh, Wheatley, that producer who made that stunning quote to uh, Fox News. So good. It was pretty dramatic. I liked it. He recently said, quote, they weren't the pussy posse, they were the bully posse. Yeah. These guys are terribly intimidating with their power and their influence. And that brings me to the pussy posse. Yeah. I vaguely know about this. <laughs> In the mid to late 90s, Leo was hanging out with a group of mates who were dubbed the pussy posse. Super gross. <laughs> so uh, sad. And I'm afraid that that super gross name was accurately super gross for their super gross behaviour. Leo had met Toby Maguire. Apparently they say when they were 12. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, maybe a little bit before they started that movie they together. They were just both smoking now bros on set probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, they had a lot in common. They were both young actors starting out, raised by single mums in LA. Um and these other guys like uh, Lucas Hass, who was later in Inception, Kevin Connolly, who later starred in Entourage as E. Oh, yeah. Um, David Blaine, the magician. Yeah. <laughs> who I also just read today went out with Fiona Apple. What? Which is just like... I find him a little... Like he's a, revolting. He gives me like the irks. I don't think she has very good taste in men. Anyway, <laughs> he's not a musician. A musician. <laughs> Get he's, your mezuzah off my zua. He's not a magician. Illusion, Michael. <laughs> 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 what does he say? An illusion, Michael. Illusions, Michael. <laughs> Tricks are what whores do for money, which is not what we say. <laughs> but it Sex is a worker. good line it's from a, a funny, horrible Job character is funny. from Arrested Development. I don't care for Job. <laughs> <laughs> she's who I lo like. Yeah, that is a... the person. She's my icon. Yeah. I hope you can become more and more mean like Lucille Bluth. I don't understand the question and I won't respond to it. <laughs> Anyway, this other guy called Jay Ferguson, who I looked up because I was like, I don't know who the fuck that is. And I recognised him. He was in Mad Men for a minute. I think he was in Twin Peaks, The Return, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, 
There were others who I've never heard of, but not very many. Uh, Weirdly, Sarah Gilbert, Darlene from Roseanne, was a bit of an honorary member. She was just like... That's interesting. The cool gay lady, I guess that's... She got a pass. Yeah. Okay. Getting the rules. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, these guys all floated around together. And after Leo hit it big with Titanic, he was like the king of the group. Like he was the one who made it because they were all like trying to make it. Right. And I think they all had like bets on each other who would be the one who would like be the famous guy. Okay. Um, They caused a fair bit of havoc around New York City and L.A. They were obsessed with women and partying and shit like that. Um, Super macho bullshit basically. Uh, One time Leo allegedly bet Toby that he could sleep with six Victoria's Secret models during the Cannes Film Festival. Wow, nice. that's a short stint. Yeah, yeah, only six. Tall order. I think that goes for like a week. <sighs> I mean, you've probably got one <laughs> night off. Uh, um, and another time, Leo propositioned a reporter. Uh, she wrote, quote, a group of young guys, they all sounded drunk, were laughing and cutting it up in the background. She's on the phone. Um, it was kind of strange. The speaker was telling me that if I wanted an interview with him, I'd have to make a deal along the lines of doing something for him that Monica did for Bill. Then maybe we'll talk, he laughed. Ew. Ew! Yeah, that's so rank. Like, are you that stupid? What the fuck? As if she wasn't going to say that. He'd said that. What Monica did to Bill? (laughs) What? What a weird way to put that to. It is weird. Just say give me a BJ or. What like an intern did (laughs) to the most power, well. Wow. Slow burn. Guys. It works in the end. Um. One time at the premiere of The Man in the Iron Mask, Leo and Jay saw Elizabeth Berkeley, who had just starred in Showgirls, mm-hmm. um, and they Classic. became obsessed with boning her. Uh, and they got their publicist to go over to her and invite her to the after party. They also specifically said to her that her boyfriend, Roger Wilson, was not invited. Of course, she was like, no, thank you, asshole. But this didn't prevent them from then calling her phone relentlessly the next day. And it's like just constantly calling and calling and harassing her. And it's some fucking entitlement. Yeah, it's fucking insane. At some point, her boyfriend, Roger, answers the phone and says, quote, this is what he says anyway. Look, Jay, I know you guys are having a great time and the town is your apple, but not this part of town. Ooh, sick (laughs) burn, Rog. (laughs) And then Jay responded with, quote, Fuck you, you fucking F-word motherfucker. We'll call whoever we want and if you don't fucking like that, why don't you come down here and tell us to our face? Oh, nah. I think Roger did it. Was it Roger? That's his name, right? The boyfriend, yeah. yeah. Just Roger won it. that one. Yeah, he totally won. But he then, did it with class. That's not the end. Oh. So Roger did. Uh, he arrived oh. at the restaurant where they were all hanging out um, 
And after a bit of back and forth, Leo was heard saying, let's kick his ass. Oh, my God. (laughs) And they went outside to apparently kick his ass, but someone, and it is implied heavily in several articles that it was Leo, punched him in the larynx. Oh, no. Which is pretty hectic considering it was just literally about fucking nothing. Like, you're being a cunt. This guy's saying, hey, guys, can you stop being so horrible? And then they're like, we're going to beat you up for that. It's so bad. And there's all of them and one of these guys come down. Other incredibly childish antics include letting stink bombs off in crowded bars. Which I weirdly think... It's pretty funny. So funny, but like, God. How, do, you know, do you know how old they are? I can't remember. They're old as shit at this point. It was when he was in Titanic. That's not that long ago. No. Like, really? Oh, my God. 97? Jesus. And he's 43 now, right? That's... They're old enough to know better. Um, They also, he would throw rubbish off the Brooklyn promenade onto cars driving underneath. What? What? And then just like speed off in his chauffeur-driven car. (laughs) It's fucking psycho. Does he know how to childhood maybe? We're still on romper room basically, just like (laughs) running amok. And they would just, like, get into fights with everyone all the time, constantly. Anyway. (sighs) Unforgivably, it was also well known that Leo and the posse did not tip. What? Which is fucking rough, especially when you consider the, like, level of assholery that they were kind of at. Yeah, they Um, owed them. Yeah. At the time he said of this, quote, I'm the cheapest bastard in the world. You never know. I may go bankrupt or lose my career or have a Hugh Grant situation. (laughs) (laughs) What a dick. That's his reason for not tipping. But it's okay to, like, spend all his money on other things, but God forbid not, like, the povo waitresses that you're pinching their asses and shit. Ew. What a dick. Uh, in a great piece written about the crew by Andrew Guttardaro, uh, he said, they're a group that's funny to think about but troubling to actually think about. That's well put. And it's true. It's like I'm sure there was so much worse shit that they got up to. Yeah. That like publicists covered up or whatever like that we don't know about or that were just done Privately, it's such like a shining example of like uh, when men get together and like it's like when mm. masculinity goes bad. Yeah, like, it it's is. just like they feed off each other like like wild animals, like Led Zeppelin. Yeah, you know, well, and it's just and like it could unstoppable. Be nice, it could be these like guys who have all this stuff in common, and camaraderie. Have masculinity each isn't it's negative, nice, but, but no, they have to be like super macho and violent and. Toxic masculinity spoils the party again. Every fucking time. And look, they were all very young, sort of, compared to now when this gross behaviour was going on. Mm. And they Um, were untouchable. Yeah. Well, they thought they were, maybe. I'm just not sure that Leo has gotten that much better. 
Um, some genius Reddit user made this great little chart that shows like the ages of Leo's girlfriend and then like above it like his age is getting older and older but they like stay the same. I fucking love graphs. And you can see that not one of them has made it over 25 before getting dumped. Whoa. It's cray. Wow. Three, three of them reach 25 and then that, that's it. Yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy. Um, he's currently dating Camilla Marone, who at the age of 23 is the same age as the film Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes that age gap look pretty gaping to me. Yeah. And I honestly think that if you're over the age of 18 and so is your partner, then go for it. There's lots of wonderful couples in this world with large age gaps. But what I see with Leo is just like immaturity repeated. Yeah. And these women like will get to an age and then be like, this sucks. Like, <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm a dumb baby. Yeah. Which... Giselle Bunchen was basically like, he was a dumb baby. I had to get out of there. Yeah. And now she was, she's with Tom Brady, who's 43, and he won the fucking Super Bowl the other week. Yeah. Well, they had babies like a year or something after. Really? He broke up. Oh, she broke up with Leo, actually. Right. But she says. Ricky Gervais. Uh, at the Golden Globes made a great joke about Leo's love life saying, quote, once upon a time in Hollywood, it's nearly three hours long. Leonardo DiCaprio attended the premiere and by the end his date was too old for him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, that's all I've got. Yeah, that stuff about the pussy posse is pretty gross. Oh, also, which I didn't write down. <laughs> As they got older, they decided that they were going to rename their gang the Wolf Pack. No. And when they go out I now, thought you were going to say like the Vagina Vagabonds or something, no. which is way better. That would be cool. I'd like to call Can we call it our gang that? The Vagina Vagabonds? Yeah. All right, um, rebrand. <laughs> but they go out like clubbing and stuff now and like chant... Wolf back. No. Wolf back. Wolf back. <laughs> like that's that's a true story. I, oh heard, I read it on the internet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What do you think? It's the saddest thing I've ever heard. It is really sad. It's, it's so lame. sad. It's gross. And the fact that they just don't even realize how sad that is. Mm-hmm. Like I'm all I'm all about like keep going clubbing or whatever, but don't do some like weird It's so yucky. Actually, I feel a bit pot calling the kettle black here because I'm a huge proponent of a good chant. Look, I love a chant. Yeah. We like chanting one another's name, but that's to lift one another up. We're not weirdly chanting well, about a wolf pack. that's what they're doing pack. too. But no. We're the pussy bussy. We're the wolf pack. <laughs> it's just, We're going to get heaps of models in bed tonight. Oh. Okay, that's it. All right, well, next week we... Uh, uh, heading, we're he- we're just we're hitting the ground running with season three. Oh, I hate that saying. Why? Oh, I just don't like it. Okay. Well, do you have something else then? We're just going to keep going with season <laughs> three. <laughs> I just don't even know two. where it is. <laughs> she doesn't even know. God, just... I'm tired. I have a job now. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, well uh, anyway, we are doing. 
comedians next week. Yeah, we got some good ones. And I've got some opinions. We've all It is a bit like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> which by the way, I think would be pretty hard, but whatever. Um I don't, on, know. I don't know how to use a gun. Hit running shoot fish in a barrel. Come on. Fish in a barrel, yes. Hitting the ground running no. I'm so curious. Sorry. Your version to you later. Anyway. We'll see you then. We'll see you then. Thank you for sticking with me. I'm so tired. I hope that wasn't awful. It was great. And also, <gasps> if you want to see some of the visuals. Oh, yeah. We're going to stick them up on Instagram. Yeah. At Sorry He Sucks Pod. I tried to say it once and failed miserably. And She's uh, never allowed to say it again. <laughs> no, I just look at you with like deer in headlight Help eyes. Me. <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're on Facebook too. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Have a, a safe and happy week. We'll see you next next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We have used multiple sources in the research for this podcast. All of these can be found in the show notes. This podcast was written by Cara Nissen and Amber Jones with music and engineering by Morgan Jones. DJ Morgs. <laughs>